Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, it's Tom here. Welcome to another My Bait Bought a Toaster. This show is brought to you in association with Onto, a fabulous company uh, who will allow you to subscribe to an electric car. Go and have a look online, on.to, O-N.to, uh, and they will show you the way you can subscribe to electric cars. Uh, and it's a great package. It includes insurance. It includes even the electricity for charging the electric cars. I've done it. Absolutely brilliant. Cannot recommend it enough. Anyway, enough of that. Time for the show. I'm a bit nervous. Okay, you're bound to be. You're, everyone's nervous for the first time, Jared. It's Jared Christmas on My Mate Bought a Toaster. A wonderful, wonderful stand-up comic. If you've not seen Jared Christmas perform, uh, then that's because he's not done live stand-up for four months because there's a pandemic on. But you know what, Jared? I don't don't give up. I think you should definitely keep doing stand-up, but you've just got to wait for the audiences to return, okay? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been doing stand-up without audiences, so I've just been going out in my garden. Um, <laughs> I've got a bit of wooden, wooden decking yeah. that I've been treating as a stage. Yeah. And uh, I've just been going for it. And I'll be honest, mate, mm. I've died on my ass every single time. Oh, mate, leaves and trees are the worst crowds. Yeah. They're, they're pricks. Yeah, tough. They're pricks. Silent. Yeah. Silent. That's the problem. Yeah, those No f- feedback. Those fucking hedgehogs. They're prickly. Um, yeah. So, so, Jared, <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so pleased to welcome you on My Mate Bought a Toaster. You are a, uh, you know, long time, I'm going to say friend. Colleague is fine. If you want to stay in colleague, I'm going to go for friend. You know. I'm going to go for friend. Okay. You've got, okay. you know, you've got... Uh, one of my favourite comedy stories is about you, um, about that gig you did when you were an open spot. Yeah. Where they <laughs> yeah. uh, blasted paper at you or something. Oh, yeah. I think I've told this. Yeah. I think I may have told this story before on, on My Mate Bought a Toaster, but in the, in the nutshell, I got asked to do a private gig. I only had 10 minutes of stand-up material. They needed me to do 20. I said yes, because it was £300. It was Christmas time, Jared. It was Christmas time. I needed yes. cash to, Mate, I, you know, you got to do it. I cannot tell you how much i'd love the story <laughs> because it's just for for comedians for all of us who are open micers certainly at that time it's oh my god it taps into so much that we were all going through exactly exactly and it is also it taps into it but it is also the realization it is a stand-up comedian's horror story basically but it's real and it happened to, <laughs> to my whole body um i went to i got asked to do a private gig at a man called giles's house who's giles down in fulham and at this stage i was 21 years old and i was like fine i'm gonna do it i rocked up giles was probably at the age i am now i reckon late 30s maybe early 40s uh, they had three kids the kids were asleep the nanny was um, sullenly walking around the house serving drinks to his posh Sloney friends of which there were probably about 15 at this private party right um, he asked me as a little practical joke to 
start start mixing with everyone and chatting to everyone and he would go around saying i don't know who that chap is i don't know why he's here why is that guy here and i would just keep talking to people as a sort of joke as a kind of as a sort of i think he was trying to do a kind of hidden camera show thing without any hidden cameras so obviously i was getting paid 300 pounds i just i literally would have i would have done whatever he'd asked me to do okay so i said yes fine i did that so everyone was a bit freaked out by me everyone sort of already thought who's this weirdo in our midst cut to uh, dinner time 8 30 they all sit down for their supper um but he and, and giles then stands up and says guys before we do supper you know that chap i was saying i didn't know who he was <laughs> i bloody do know who he is he's a stand-up comic and i've got him to come and do a set for us and then i had to stand up in the archway of this um very plush but you know small sort of terraced house but in fulham so probably worth about eight million quid and start doing stand-up of which as i say i had next to nothing and i started did some joke about being welsh and to absolute silence, did another joke, absolute silence. Uh, and then I felt this wet, sticky mess land on my face. And then another one, and then another one on all bits of my body. And I realised they had pea shooters on their tables and they were firing wet peas at me. <laughs> so I just stood there and I was like, I've got to do my time because when you're a stand-up, you've got to do your time. So I just I just kept going whilst getting constantly... And I didn't really acknowledge the peas because I didn't feel like I could and then eventually I, I walked out Giles came to find me and said that was the worst thing I've ever seen um, that wasn't stand-up comedy None, nothing about that was funny and I said can you pay me my money please and he says no I absolutely will not pay you the money and I said but I've, I've done everything you've asked I just couldn't do 20 minutes because I was under fire and he made me uh, he, well no so I stood there and went I'm, I'm not leaving your house until you give me the 300 pounds. And he went, you're joking. I went, no, I'm absolutely not. I'm standing there in this guy's nursery. His kids are asleep pretty much in the room and we're having this low level argument. His friends are waiting for him to go back and have dinner. And I'm like, um, I know, I'm sorry, you've got to pay. And I'm not going to pay you. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. So eventually he gives it to me, 300 pounds in 10 pounds notes. And I left the building. And then um, what did you do when you get got home? Because this is what I, this is the story I know is all of that. And then you got home yeah. and you were on the bones of your ass. You had no money, yeah. right? So you get home and you shut the door and you just slump down against the door. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I just, I was, I was a single guy. I was by oh. myself. I had no, my family were all like miles away. I was completely by myself sitting there having just. Oh. What I love about it is when I started out in New Zealand, I got a corporate, uh, which was for a, I had to show up to a restaurant. This company were doing a, you know, they were having their dinner at this restaurant and there was 12 of them. Yeah. And they'd booked me to do stand-up to their table. Right. Uh, and they told me that they had a private room and I rocked up and they didn't have a private room. They were just in the main restaurant. Oh, God. And it was a Friday night Ugh. and it was busy. <sighs> so I'm standing at their table doing stuff and other people at other tables are complaining. So constantly <laughs> through my 20 minutes, I've got the maitre d' coming up to me going, can you please sit down and stop making so much noise? <laughs> it was horrendous. Oh, my God. And But how was your stuff going? Was it going well? Were they laughing or were they just... Uh, I No, because back then, you know, I was, I was 19 oh. and all my stuff was act outs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was weird. I I was doing well. Like, I, you know, in proper stand-up environments, yeah. you know, I would go over well. And that's why this guy asked Booked me, you. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in a restaurant. Oh, God, don't, please. And I'm trying to, 
I had a routine about putting a propeller up my bum. <laughs> and and if you bend over and, and and spin the propeller and put your arms out, would you fly? And then I I act that the whole thing is I act that out and then then the whole then then I go, but what happens if the propeller stays still and your body goes around and I sit on the floor and I slowly rotate on the floor, pretending I'm steering myself with my willy. Right? <laughs> And I actually, you know, I was nineteen. Yeah. I didn't know. No, you got to. You, you know what I mean? You've got to commit to those and things. And I got on the floor of this restaurant. Oh wow! And started doing that shit. Yeah, but for, you know, for, oh my God. for the bucks, mate. For the bucks, you got to do it for the bucks. I still get shivers about it because it was just the thought of getting, and I think it was only for probably about three hundred dollars, mm. which is about eighty quid. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm doing a I'm doing a driving gig tonight. So, Are you? Yeah. Uh, down in. Down in Guildford, it's in a lovely setting. It's in a field. It's beautiful. They've done everything, mm. and they're not allowed to honk their horns. And most people aren't in their cars anyway, so it's like a festival gig. Right. But the crowd is ages away from yeah. you. Um, whereas the Bristol uh, Football Club one, they honk their horns if they really like. <laughs> so that was that was quite entertaining. That's very pleasing. That's yeah. So- and one and one car, and we had one drive out. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they had to do they had to do like a twelve point turn yeah, to get out of there. The full the full Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, it took ages. That was funny. All right, listen, we've got to start this podcast at some stage, Jared. We've got yes. to start looking at yeah, your order history. I would love to talk to you about gigs for the rest of the time. Um, all right, here we go. Then we're going to go back in time, Jared Christmas. Now we are heading back yes. to two thousand and four. That's when you've placed your first ever order on amazon okay. okay um you bought the masters of orion 2 box what on, i don't even know what this is is it a game oh it's a game it's on pccd yeah develop yeah. the Computer skills game. and technology to help your people colonize the galaxy i mean as, a, as yes. a new zealander coming over to the uk that's pretty uh pretty bang on isn't it appropriate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well so uh masters of orion was a game that i was obsessed with as a uh, you know, as a young teen, mm. um, when it first came out on the PC, I think at the time I had an IBM, and it was the game. I hours and hours I spent playing that, and so I think I got an Amazon account purely to get that game. Oh wow! Because you couldn't get it any other way. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that's purely why I went with Amazon, right? To get that game. Wow. And weirdly. Uh, I've just, I've been, I was, um, I've just come back to PCs, right? My MacBook died on me during the lockdown. Sorry for your loss. So I had to get a PC. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and uh, last week I bought Masters of Orion 3. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, the, the completion of the circle. That's just yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. It is nice, Well, um, Masters of Orion 2, uh, research over 60 technology fields, including planetology, propulsion, and weaponry. Basically, you, you're playing Star Trek, aren't you? That's essentially what you uh, Yeah, a little bit more violent. So um, basically, you start off with uh, a planet. You've got to colonise the colonize the galaxy and there's other alien races that you have to either through diplomacy uh form alliances with them or uh, defeat them right right okay and it's all and you want to capture the planet orion which is defended by this real kick-ass monster yeah yeah there's yeah. there's a lot of my goodness there's some big reviews on this 
Um, That's huge, mate. It's a very popular and game. And engaging micromanagement of a space empire with strategic and tactical challenges. I mean, this is what you do, isn't it, when you're a stand-up comic just starting out? And by this point, you've come over to London. You've been over in London for a while, right? By 2004. You've been in the UK. Four years, yeah. yeah. So you're over here. You know, In the evenings, you're out entertaining uh, people in pubs and clubs all over the country. In the daytime, you are engaging in micromanagement of a space empire with strategic and tactical challenges. Very similar. Exactly. Very similar. And all all the while, my subconscious is working on jokes. There you go. Do you know what I mean? It just <laughs> it just allowed my higher functions were dominating the galaxy, yeah. right? And in the background, it's thinking of dick jokes. <laughs> that, that's how you do it. You see, we like to listen to toast, and we're not the kind who would boast. And even in spite of the host. We still like to listen to toast. La, la, la. Uh, let's go to 2005. Um, 30th of December 2005. Christmas has just gone. You're getting ready for 2006. You want to treat yourself. You spend £19.97 on a Morphe Richards kettle. Lovely kettle. Oh, yeah. A classic. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so what year is that? 2005, 2005. Going, into two- yeah. going into 2006. Um, I would say... Uh, I remember this. We needed a new kettle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the story. Um, But elsewhere in 2005, I mean, again, there's a sort of... Oh, could I just say on the kettle front? Sure, absolutely, yeah. Can I just jump in on this kettle thing? Yeah, of course. Um, 2005, I I wasn't a big tea drinker back then. Right. Now, I'm all over it. I'm obsessed. How many cups a day are we talking um, well, I do in the morning. I'll have my standard cup of tea, yep. and then I'll probably have one in the Arvo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the evening is when I change it up and go on to the herbal tea. No way! Big fan. Do you hit? The, do Big you hit fan. the herbals? Do you? I hit the herbals pretty hard, mate. Um, because recently I've discovered if I have herbal tea in the evening, it stops me eating biscuits. Oh. And um, yeah, and I've had problems with biscuits my whole life, mate. Yes. Uh, but uh, can I tell you when I got into? Drinking tea, yeah. It's a quick edit. Yeah, lovely. Are you all right? L- for this? Listen, we've got we've got hours, Jared. Hours. So I was into tea. I, I liked drinking tea, but I never, I was nearly never fully committed until doing Panto at New Wimbledon Theatre uh, back in when was it? 2000, 2014 uh-huh. with Marcus Brigstock. Okay. Yes. He loves a cup of tea, right? And he. Uh, we would, we were in Peter Pan. He was Captain Hook, and I was Shmi. And uh, Marcus had uh, his dressing room was pretty much the first dressing room you get to after coming off stage. So he had this open door policy. He called it. So in the intervals, before shows, after shows, his door was always open for anybody who wants to come in, chill out, have a bit of banter, and have a cup of tea. Right. Nice. And so it then became, uh, you know, we're doing two shows a day. Every interval, four or five of us in there having a cup of tea. Oh, lovely. I love those rituals. I love that. It was great. And that's Mm. when I really got into it. Now, this is where the anecdote steps up again, mate. Oh, here we go. Chapter two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because um, Vern Troyer was in that uh, pantomime, Mini Me. Mm. And um, he, in the first first few days, uh, he invited a few people into his dressing room for a cup of tea, right? right? And I started getting annoyed because I hadn't got an invite, right? And I'm okay. only talking like day three. 
Mm. And uh, but you know, I'm one of the main cast members. I'm in most scenes with him, and you know, I've been getting along with him. We've we've had drinks afterwards. We've gone out for meals, and I'm like, why wow, am I not getting? No, okay, no, yeah, why am I not getting the nod for this cup of tea, right? Shit, yeah. So I do get the, I do eventually get the nod after, you know, it's three days. It's, it's practically nine shows, mate. Mm, um, yeah. No, it's not. My maths is awful. Six shows. Um, <laughs> but I am including tech and dress, so suck it, Fine. maths. Maybe he just hates people who are bad at maths. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. So I go in and he, um, this is how, I'll talk you through how he makes a cup of tea, right? Oh, no. Yeah. He gets the mug, standard. That's Okay. Puts a tea bag in, standard. Again, I'm still with him, yeah. Then he adds the milk. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm out yep. of there. I'm slamming the door. In fact, I'm reporting him to management after that. I know, mate. He adds the milk. Ugh. And get this. He hasn't even turned the kettle on yet. Oh, no. You're going right? to get cold, milky tea. Oh, what? So it takes like two and a half minutes for that kettle to boil. All the way we're chatting along. And I'm new. I'm new to tea. Right, I've, I know tea, and I've always known how to make tea, but yeah. I'm new to being a little bit passionate about tea. Uh, I'm new to being almost British about tea. Yes. And I can remember looking at that tea bag in that cup, just soaking into that cold milk, just thinking, oh. I'm, I'm going to have to drink this, right? That's just a tea bag in a milky bin at this point. Yeah. It's just awful. I know. Kettle boils. He pours the hot water in and immediately takes the tea bag out. <gasps> Yeah, and then oh. offers it to me. Oh, right? Okay, so at this point you're having hot, diluted tea milk. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. disgusting. Um, and uh, I don't know what came over me because, you know, I'm a nice guy. You punched him in the face. <laughs> you did, didn't you? you fucking... No, I didn't. But I said, I'm not drinking this shit, mate. <laughs> and he cracked up laughing and he said, you're the first person who's turned it down. <laughs> and then went on to explain that before he came over, he was asking people what British people are into. Yeah. Everyone kept saying they're obsessed with tea. And a, an English friend of his said to him, make a cup of tea really badly and see if anybody says anything, because Brit- British people are also polite. Oh, and he my said, God. He said five other cast members had just, just choked that tea down and i was the first one i was the first one to pull him up on it but that's brilliant that shows you how you know as a new zealander who's come over you've got a sort of certain englishness which is you know what good tea is but you still have that non-englishness to actually call him out on it whereas yeah. english people english people just go oh, thank you very much indeed yes thank you you yeah, actually went delicious no. yeah exactly <laughs> wow yeah that- is the most disgusting thing i've ever heard oh, it was horrendous but horrendous. he was saying uh, twice the director ex- just choke down the tea for him because he's being too <laughs> too polite. Because, you know, you've you got to understand the hierarchy of these pantomimes. You know, they paid a lot of money for these American stars. Who get paid a fortune, over. yes, of course. Yeah. And yeah. they don't want to upset the stars. Do you know no, what I mean? Yeah. Because um, when I did panto with, wait for it, Priscilla Presley, they were, they were mates, stepping on eggshells around her. Yeah. Uh, and I just... I don't know. I just I don't know whether it's being a comedian or what. I just I just couldn't be bothered with it. So Priscilla Presley, right? Yeah. She she was married to Elvis Presley. Yeah. And then she's At a working very young with age. They, right. And then she's working with Jared Christmas in Panto. I know. I, know. I mean, Incredible, that's right? that's an arc, isn't it? Yeah. That is I mean, an arc. I think she's pretty happy with how 
her career's yeah. gone. Oh God, I mean, he wouldn't yeah. be. So, so how come we've leapt years ahead? We've, you know, oh, we have. Sorry, sorry. We're just establishing your roots here, Jared. And and two thousand and five yes. tells me everything I need to know about you. So we've already established that you like computer games, which involve building an empire. Um, you have got V, the miniseries on DVD. Yes, nice. one of the finest bits of um, sci-fi TV ever made. I would say second only to the other big purchase you've made in two thousand and five, which is the Battlestar re- Galactica, the remake of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. If there is. Is if there is a better TV show than Battlestar Galactica, I'm yet to see it, Gerald Christmas. Oh I'm my yet God. to see it. I, I've been tempted to go back into it, and I'm surprised it's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime or anything like that. I know. I mean, I haven't searched, actually. It might be, but I'm pretty I sure I think not. it might be on Netflix America. I think you might have to do a cheeky little oh, to get it on the okay. American Netflix. But I... Yeah, I don't know where it is, actually. I'm sure my listeners will let me know, at ToasterPod. I think, and I don't know if this exists, is there a Battlestar Galactica um, podcast where they watch every single episode and go through it? Because if there isn't, uh, shall we do it? it? Shall we, we're I mean, starting I'm, it. I'm not even joking. I would so be up for that. Mate, there's podcasts about everything, so why the hell not? Patricia Helfer in Battlestar Galactica, she played Cylon Number 6. Absolutely amazing amazing mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a great show that what i loved about Battlestar galactica which is a good it's a good sci-fi trope but it's when the robots or the baddies look like human beings and i love the idea of the cylons suddenly developing technology where they're humans and and just that sits across the whole of the box set yeah are they goodies or baddies and i lo- i just loved it i loved it so much and there was so there was so much depth to it that also it was humanity's own fault that brought them down again. It was it was greed, the greed of um, certain individuals who, do you know what I mean, knew mm. that it was going on but still yeah. thought they could make some money out of it. Ironically, it was it. greed, and yet Battlestar Galactica Series 1 cost you £19.99. So what does that say about the state of affairs? I mean, I, I bought the entire series. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're so. going to see that. We're going to see that as yeah. we go through. Um, <laughs> all right, let's march on to 2006. This fascinating things you've bought here. Never-ending story, yes. Yes. What, the book or the DVD? Uh, DVD. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And nice. Is it, it's foreign as well, isn't it? It's not... Yeah, you've got your cheeky yeah. little Region 1 business going on. And yeah. you know what? I see it every single time. That is a real common thing on, on Toaster. People buy the Region 1 DVD player. I love the idea that there was this attempt to regionalise DVDs, <laughs> which, which right. meant... It's just impossible to play a DVD from that region unless you get a DVD player from that yeah. region. Yeah, but they were more yeah. expensive, those DVD players. But also um, on your laptop, I remember my laptop, I could play, you could reset the region oh, six times. Six times. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. I remember the last time being so desperate to see something, I can't remember what it was, and just thinking it will reset, and that's my last reset. Oh, my do God. Do I do it? And I remember being on a ridiculous train journey to Plymouth or something like that and being absolutely like, I can't do this whole journey not doing, not watching something. <laughs> so I'm going to basically future destroy my laptop yeah. in order for some short-term entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems sensible. Uh, Imperium Galactica on PC. Oh, you're an absolute nerd. I love it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. St- I don't st- even remember that game. I don't think it was that good. Well, no. I'm going to Google it now. Um, to see if it jogs my memory. Imperium. Yeah. Galactica. Imperium Galactica. Um, hang okay, on a sec. On, on the PC. Oh, um, yeah, dreadful. <laughs> Mate, it's got detailed yeah. colony management, including collecting taxes. Oh, I get to, I get to be <sighs> HMRC. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's got, it's got a pretty high rating. 
but yeah. I I remember I vaguely remember it now, and I re- I remember not liking it because I wanted it to be Masters of Orion. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. There's a sad story here from one of the reviewers. <laughs> I did play this game many years ago, but as always happened, I lost the original discs and I could not play it anymore. Sorry for characterising computer game fans like this, (laughs) Joe. I was happy to find it here on Amazon and thought, hooray, I can play it again. So I did order it from one seller, but got after a week an email that the disc is damaged and they don't have another in store. So I did try again with another one and they sent me after two weeks... And they sent it to me after two weeks and IG2. Somehow, I don't have luck to find the original game. It's a sad story, isn't it? It is a sad story, but uh, it's coming back to me that it was just a bit too uh, too much micromanaging. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? So you do get bogged down and... Anyway, Master <laughs> by Ryan, far superior game. But this is what happens with people who do fantasy football. This Any game that involves you having to sort of give over a certain amount of time every day in a slightly, oh, I've got to get my, got to get my um, Imperium Galactica admin done. What are, you, what are you doing in there, Jared? Are you writing dick gags for your gig? No, I'm just sorting out this new colony who are trying to get a reduction on their VAT. I mean, it's mad. Yeah. And also 2006 was when I went up to Edinburgh for the first time uh-huh. and- um, I lost a lot of 2005 because um, I, I was thinking of going up in 2005, mm. but I played too many computer games <laughs> and I never wrote a show. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. And um, it's interesting you said about fantasy football because my 2006 show was called The Geek Show and it was about me coming to terms with being a geek. And asking, and I had a big routine in there going, why is it such a negative thing? Why? Because I like the never-ending story. And then I'd quote heaps of things from never-ending story. Just call my name, (laughs) but I have to keep my feet on the ground. Bastion, you must say Fantasia. You know, just shit like that. Um, And, you know, saying about that and saying about computer games and, you know, you get hassle and Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you get hassle for being a geek. Yet, people who are really into football are geeks as well. And I said, I think you're a geek if you know way more information about a subject than you actually need to know on a day-to-day basis. Mm. There's no need for you to know the full lineup of Huddersfield Town from 1966 when they, in the FA Cup, they took down Birmingham. You're right, though, and that's regarded somehow as a positive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, nice justification. You're still a geek, mate. Thank still you. a geek, but I love you for it. <laughs> I can't say I'm always. I love the good of baby, and I want you for the rest of my days. I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia <laughs> It's good to practice. <laughs> a podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm going <laughs> to fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. <laughs> That's not my... Uh, just Can you not say podcast? uh in the advert? <laughs> Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I won't ever say we're December 2013. Oh, look at this. You've bought a gift order for Pam Webb. Now, this might be your... Uh, is it a mother-in-law, maybe? Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, yeah. Okay. Um, you've bought her some Emu Australian Women's Amity Chestnut Moccasin Slippers. Lovely slippers. Lovely. For Christmas there. Love a slipper for Lovely. Christmas. It's, yeah. Uh... Uh, actually, no, they were genuine. They were for my wife. I just had to get them delivered to her parents place because that's where we spend christmas okay i see clever yeah. clever that way you don't yeah. have to carry them in the car so you you're yeah. buying your wife slippers i mean that is that is always a nice romantic moment and it's love isn't it it's love. and the yeah. reason i the reason i bought those ones is because uggs were too expensive <laughs> and did you tell her that on the card that came with the uh, slippers no i think she even said to me don't get me uggs because of that you're just paying for the brand yeah. but those emu ones were pricey anyway yeah yeah, they look nice though. They look nice. They're, yeah, um, yeah. We love, we love a, we love a nice, uh, nice pair of slippers. It is well, a moment. It's, it, it comes to every relationship when you're like, listen, I, how? And it does sound like something you'd say about a dog getting old. But how can I make you more comfortable? <laughs> and my wife spends a lot of time in her slippers. You know, Great. even in summertime, she's walking around the house in slippers. She always has done. She's always liked her feet being enveloped. In an animal's fur. I love a slipper. So, so if there were no slippers, what would you do in the wild? Just stick them up a rabbit's ass? What's the? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's what they used to do, isn't it? <laughs> Caveman days. Um, now listen. They just foot fuck a rabbit. <laughs> Is that too much? Are we allowed no, to? No, that's is lovely. Is that going to get beat down? That's a lovely image. That's in. That's in. In fact, I'll probably go to a sting there. Um, <laughs> you know it's good when I go to a sting. February 2013. Let's dial back on 2013. Five inflatable globes. Why, why did you buy five, five inflatable world globes here? Ah, uh, why did I buy five inflatable world globes? Mm. Ah, uh, 2013? 13, I was yes. Doing, yes, I was doing a show for the Leicester Comedy Festival with Greg, da not Greg, uh, Tom Davis. Right. Um, where we came up with a show called... Um, uh, can you survive the apocalypse? No, can you survive after the apocalypse, the game show? S and it Stick was your feet up a rabbit's ass. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> it was a ridiculous, um, just a ridiculous mess about game show that we premiered at the Leicester Comedy Festival. And I think that was one of my ideas was to have these inflatable globes that uh, to choose what country we were all in. 
after the apocalypse. I see, I see. I think that's what it was. Because we would split the audience into three teams. Mm. They would all elect a leader from their group, and the leader would be the one having to do the quiz. But at any time, and it was all, it wasn't like, what do you know? It was like uh, your compound is being attacked by zombies. Mm. Do you, you know, it was that sort of thing. Yeah. And then if the group weren't happy with the answer, they could vote their leader out. Wow. Right, and all the while, me and Tom are just dicking around. It was fun. Yeah, nice and, and very good. Yeah. You know, and in all seriousness, great training for the end of the world. It's you know, yes, yeah. All, all you got to do is is do that, and then treat the Walking Dead as if it's an open university course. And and you, you know what? You're <laughs> yeah, ready, you're man. What what is it? Why are we so? And look, here we are again, June 2013, The King of Plagues, Joe Ledger, book three. Why is it? Yes, that that we love that sort of end of the world scenario. What is going on? I there? don't know. But I'll tell you what, those Joe Ledger books are brilliant. Mm. Um, and it's all told first person. And the guy, the main character, is absolutely kick-ass. But the way the writer uh, writes combat sequences oh, really? is spectacular. Because mm. he's talking, he's talking, you know, it's all from a first person thing. And it's because the guy, the guy who wrote it is a, you know, uh, ex-Special Forces martial arts Type guy, Jonathan so Maybury is his name. Jonathan Maybury. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the obsession with um, end of the world is. It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. We do love to we love to sort of play around with it like it's a game, and yet when there's a pandemic, yeah, when there's a pandemic and actual evidence that the climate is spiralling out of control, we all just go right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna- I'm just going to watch Netflix yeah. continuously, please. Yeah. <laughs> going to listen to podcasts about Amazon. That's better. I, I don't want to watch anything like that, even though supposedly at the start of the pandemic, um, uh, that Dustin Hoffman film got watched. Yes, it did. So many times. Yes. Contagion or whatever it was. Mm, I know. Yeah. I know it was either that or the news, which were the same things. It was <laughs> It was absolutely mad. But it's true. We do. We like to escape on Netflix. Okay, let's dive into 2014 now, Gerald Christmas. So at this point, uh, where are you in your life? You've done Edinburgh's. You've got the kids. Yeah. So 2014, we have just moved out of London, have we? Right? No, maybe not. Okay. What's the address? Oh, let's have a look, shall we? Does it tell you? Uh, 2015. Order details. 2000. Um, no, I'm still in Surbiton. I'm still in London. Right, okay. Because you, then you moved to Bath, don't you? When did you go to Bath? Yes, 2015. Right, okay. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. so 2014, um, uh, still just chugging away, doing the doing the, as much stand-up as I can, mm-hmm. bits and pieces of... TV, the TV opportunities hadn't quite dried up at that point. Um, you know, so just doing bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. And you know, keeping, keeping my family alive. Uh, always a priority, always a priority. Um, <laughs> and also still buying, there's still a theme here. There's still a definite theme to the books you're buying. Oh, you got Ready Player One, one of my favourite books yes. ever. How good is so that? So good. So, so fantastic. Um, and the film's the ace as well. Have you, have you watched the film? I, I think the film is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I wasn't overly fussed with Armada, his follow-up book. Right. Because it felt uh, a little bit like The Last Starfighter. Yes. Okay. Okay. So but he's um, got a sequel to Ready Player One uh, coming out. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, because Armada was his follow-up to Ready Player One. Yeah. But, there's but is a, he doing an actual sequel There's an actual Ready sequel to Ready Player Yeah, well, it has to be called Ready Player Two, doesn't yeah. it? It has to. Um, if that doesn't happen, there'll be a strong... Or not Ready Player One. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah not quite Thanks. ready yet, player one. <laughs> um, 
What about this? Add more coins, player one. <laughs> uh, this is a good one. Reality is broken. Why games make us better and how they can change the world by Jane McGonagall. Okay. So there we are. We're living in a world full of games. More than 31 million people in the UK are gamers. The average young person will spend 10,000 hours gaming by the age of 21. The future belongs to those who play games. This is a good twist on the sort of assumption that all games are bad, isn't it? Yeah. And I know the reason I bought that was because I had a commission from CBBC to uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, who is a comedy producer in Northern Ireland in Belfast. Right. And we had come up with uh, a sitcom uh, idea um, about uh, a crime going down, a crime being arranged in an online game and someone stumbling upon it. Uh, And so uh, 2014, we were writing that. Nice. That sounds like and it was a for kids. idea. Kids love that. Kids love yeah. it. It'll keep kids off the game, won't it? Yeah, you know, won't it? Imagine if you're playing Minecraft and you kill one of those villagers. Actually, that's your dad. Well, actually, that's probably yeah. quite a dangerous spin on it. My kid would be killing me several times a day. Um, good reviews here. Thomas has said, gamification. Studying postgraduate media and gamification makes this book very useful to me. It's well-written, has lots of examples and references to back up the claims made in the book. So so it is about the gamification stuff and that, and we now know, obviously this was bought in uh, 2014, um, but we now know gamification is huge, isn't it? From things like apps where you have to score points by not eating too many calories in a day so you lose yeah, weight. Yeah. All that sort of stuff is... And the running app where uh, you're getting chased by zombies. Do you know this one? Please tell me this is real. It is absolutely real. So I can't, rem- I, I can't remember what it's called. But it's uh, basically uh, you've got to keep a certain pace. Um, otherwise, the zombies get closer and closer and closer. Do you know what I mean? So you've got your headphones on, you can hear them. Yeah. Right. But you keep running. And then if you, if your uh, pacing slows down, yeah. They get louder and louder and louder. Oh, they're on you. My word. That is a brilliant yeah. idea. That is a, what a great way to lose weight. How have you lost weight? Yeah. Well, during you know, the zombie apocalypse, I've got to keep <laughs> running. So everything we're talking about is training for the apocalypse on this podcast today. Yeah, it is, this isn't it? Definitely the theme. Um, look, here we are I've again. Been, I haven't been training for the apocalypse. I've been eating for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> like a squirrel, just layer, yeah. layering up with nuts. Um, well, look, you're trying to lose weight for the apocalypse here. 17th of January, 2015. Obviously, it's January. You know, yeah. it's a new year. It's a new you. You've bought a skipping rope. Fast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Still got it. Fast speed cable for mastering double unders. What's a double under? Is that when you go under uh, that's twice? That's when, when you do it twice before landing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, fast speed to- cable, is it a fiber optic skipping rope? I don't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have pretty shit internet at the time. So. <laughs> um, I used it probably solidly for, I would say... <laughs> A week and a half. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, again, this is when we were living in Surbiton. We had this nice backyard and we had a nice bit of decking. Mm. And I used to go out on the on the wood decking and I'd do my, do my skipping. Um, and I thought, this is how I'm going to get fat. Yeah. Uh, and then my next-door neighbour took the piss out of me and I didn't go back. Oh. <sighs> but this is the vulnerability of... of- of doing exercise this is why yeah. in, in recent times there's so many more people of different shapes and sizes out running and I think it's so brilliant because you know for years 
people of certain shapes and sizes would not go running for fear of that yeah. mockery because it's so effective. And now surely, talking about this, someone who's grown up in New Zealand where sport is obviously massive, is this something because you are maybe more of a drama and performative childhood or were you very sporty as a kid and it was fine? Uh, no, I wasn't hugely sporty. I had a few years of being really sporty. Um, I remember being quite a little sort of butterball um, up to about the age of... 13 mm-hmm. um when i went to when i went to high school actually um and my group of friends were really into uh touch rugby um yeah. i had these two friends scott agnew and scott pickett the scots um the two scots mm-hmm. uh scott aganuga choo choo as i called him <laughs> and and scott pickett lick it roll it flick it oh, and they're full names so- <laughs> they're full breed yeah. names there yeah um, both of them were excellent rugby league players, and um, I used to go and watch them play rugby league on on Saturdays and Sundays and stuff. And uh, they're really big into touch rugby, which is a big sport in New Zealand. And so I started playing touch rugby at school at lunch times, and I was just, you know, I was just rubbish. I couldn't keep up with anyone. Yeah, I was appalling. Um, but uh, just because of playing it every day at school at lunchtime and then we made a touch rugby team and I was on it uh, and so I was also playing two evenings a week, I got really quite fit oh. from thir- from the age of 13 to 20. It all ended when I moved to London. There's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> what was it about the alcohol-filled capital yeah, that exactly. ruined your figure? And I never drank until moving to the UK. I didn't drink alcohol. Um, I just feel like so- we've soiled a New Zealand golden boy. I feel well, I bad. came over here to do stand-up, right? And, you know, I just... You know what that first year's like. You know, mm. you're working during the day and then you're going out every single night to do gigs. Yeah. And they're just... I was too tired to do any physical activity, but I was never too tired to eat a donut. Oh, there's always energy for that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. It's all right. You'll get that thir- that thirteen year old figure will come back, Jared. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> with, the, with the skipping rope, take it back out to your garden. Screw your neighbour. Although you've moved I from that neighbour now. It. I do still have that skipping rope. I saw it in my shed the other day. Well, this is the point. This is the point of this podcast is you rediscover things that you've yeah. put down in storage. And But it really annoys me. So I'm doing yoga at the moment and I look ridiculous. Well I mean, I laugh at myself when I'm doing it. But if someone went, oh, you look like a knob, then I'd stop because I'm, we're so yeah. sensitive. It's pathetic. It's so, it's so delicate early on, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. All of us get trapped in the hardest part of getting fit. And that's the early stage. Yes. Isn't it? That's so hard. Right. Yeah. And to keep starting again, you know, so, um, you know, surely once you get past that really hard bit where, you, you know, where you're going for a run and you're running for 25 minutes, and you're like, actually, this is okay. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. I might not be enjoying it, but it's not brutal. Yeah. Um, but all of us quit in that brutal phase. That's the problem. I know. Ignore yeah. the ridicule. Um, here's an interesting one. July 2015. Do you have a child born in July by any chance? Uh, August, August or, the 1st. Or maybe that's what this is, because you've bought a set of two Despicable Me minion foil balloons, getting yes. ready for a party, uh, yeah. and also saving money on an entertainer. Oh. You've bought a Banana Man fancy dress costume. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what this is. <laughs> this was when we were moving away from Surbiton, uh, out to uh, near Bath Spa. Right. And um, my we were moving at the end of July... And uh, we 
through a birthday party for my oldest daughter um, and also a farewell party at the same time. So all of her class came. Oh, don't. I must have been emotional. Yeah, it was full on. So they only had a half day at school on their last day of school. Yeah. And so they all came over to our place after that, parents and all that. My daughter was obsessed with Despicable Me. Mm. Um, I went. I also went to B and Q and bought twenty yellow sponges um, <laughs> that I drew single eyes on. You know, what I mean, turned them yeah. into minions. Yeah, and uh, they had a water fight with them. I dressed up as a banana and uh, had uh, sort of taped on me loads of um, of the minion things, and they got to chase me like they were minions. After oh the banana. Way. You know what? We're yeah. talking about bad gigs at the beginning of this podcast. Surely <laughs> those were just preparing us for this kind of thing. Because the, I think so. the gig of being a dad who's a performer, is yeah. is that not the greatest gift of all? They may not pay cash. <laughs> but they pay in love. They do. And, and there wasn't the sense of shame that a lot of things I did for money back in the early days bought with yeah. me. Um, but I remember it being quite full on for me because of having to do that. But, you know, my wife had set up a paint, a face painting stall. You know, all the kids got their faces painted like the minions. Um, and we had a big barbecue. It was a great day. And then... Uh, then you all, then we, you left them all behind. <laughs> yeah, then we ripped our child out of her social circle. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, all right, so 2016, all sorts of stuff here. There's so many things. A lovely giraffe toilet roll holder. Ah, yes! <laughs> Mate! Okay, so... I bloody love this giraffe toilet roll holder because in our bathroom we do not have a uh, setup in the in the toilet area mm-hmm. for a toilet roll holder to be attached to a wall. Okay, right? yeah. So the constant bane of my life is toilet rolls on the back of the cistern. Yeah. Right. Or yes. Or the kids, the kids just put it on the floor, right? And, it does <sighs> and, the, and then maybe a stray puddle from the sink, hopefully from the sink, seeps <laughs> seeps underneath the toilet roll on the floor, right. and you've written off a whole toilet roll. That's, that's just pence you're putting in the bin there. And, and the amount of times that because the toilet roll is on the top of the cistern, the toilet roll gets knocked into the toilet. That's not funny. Um, maybe half funny no. first time, eighth yeah. or ninth time, you, you're just you're, mad. And yeah. you're fishing it out of of a toilet filled with weed. Yeah, you're like, fishing out also whilst, whilst you've got a messy bottom as well. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's not a good look. No. So I was like, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a toilet roll holder. So I, uh, you know, that giraffe one was, I think, on like page 15 on Amazon. Do you know what I mean? I've really- <laughs> scrolled. I scrolled and I searched and I searched because I was thinking, I don't want just a plain old toilet roll holder. I mm. want- I want something a bit different, something quite fun. Yeah. And um, when we when we came to look at this house that we're in now, uh, the previous owners had this incredible wood carved uh, grizzly bear mm. beside the toilet. That um, because of how its hands were positioned, the guy had put a, a you know a wooden pole across it, and that was their toilet roll holder. And oh. I thought that is. Incredible. I even asked if they could leave it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course, no way. Um, There's something slightly odd, isn't there, about the idea of animals ser- being our servants, but specifically <laughs> to give us bog roll. It's quite yeah, weird. Your ass. You'd train an animal to always be ready to help yeah. you wipe your ass. But yeah, go on. So the giraffe's got a long neck, mm. so you can get uh, two toilet rolls 
on the neck, right? Yeah. But the problem is um, the head is a bit too fat for um, the toilet rolls that we get, which are okay. majority of the time they were they are the you know the the recycled toilet uh, paper and toilet roll from yeah. Waitrose, Ocado, that sort of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit annoying, and also my wife hated it and claimed that it was a health and safety risk because if one of the kids fell on it, it would they would get impaled upon it. So and she hated it, essentially, and was looking for any excuse to get rid of the bloody thing. Right. And so it, uh, it has. we've still got it because right. she's tried to get it to charity a couple of times and I've rescued it. Um, <laughs> You've snatched it, it from the front drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting in... Uh, in the cupboard and we've had it since then and it's barely been used and i keep it's now become a family joke that one day one day i will get that giraffe she's basically like when you get your own toilet to yourself <laughs> then you can have it and i'm like that's the dream now that is the dream i need to become so successful in my house i can have my own private dad's toilet yeah yeah and in there Will be the giraffe holder. It, yeah, fantastic. It'll be called yeah. the giraffe toilet. Listen, this is the giraffe toilet roll holder, freestanding kitchen paper metal dispenser stand. That's what it's called. Uh-huh. I'll put a link to this on our Twitter. Um, I've I've written you a review based on what you've been saying, Jared. I've given right. it five stars. Bearing in mind, I am logged in as you. Um, <laughs> the headline is, I bloody love this. Uh, the review goes, my wife hates this. I love it. It lives in a cupboard and sometimes I visit it. One day I will get it back in the bathroom when I get my own toilet. Nice. Yeah, submit. Yes. Inmate. Perfect. In. Summed it up. Absolutely lovely. What a dream. Um, all right, okay, let's... <laughs> um, uh, some professional foot care cream, maybe to pop that on before the slippers go on, maybe? Uh, that's that's for me. Um, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Uh, I've always suffered from dry heels. Oh, um, yes, okay, yeah. And um, just, I guess, just through uh, the uh, whole, uh, what's the word um, that I'm looking for? Miasma. Oh, good. Lovely. Lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Were you not, there's, there wasn't a huge amount of enthusiasm for much. So I, uh, I let the dry feet issue get too far and I got, right. I got a split. Oh, got a split. in the heel. In the heel, yeah, and oh, yeah. really painful. I've also got uh, – everyone's going to be excited about these. <laughs> I've got one of those Pedicare sanders. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, like a, yeah. A sanding machine to get yeah. rid of dry skin. Yeah, they are amazing. And we've had we've they had are. the cheese graters on here as well before, people just grating away on their feet, which is, you know, it's, yeah. it's how Parmesan is made. So that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, and look, I can see you care about your feet here. May 2020, you've bought the end-cutting nipper black uh, plastic-coated um, uh, toenail clippers, I believe, called Nipex. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure these are humans, though. I think these might be oh, for they doggies. Are dogs and guinea pigs. Oh, mate. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. What, now, what have you got of those of those selections? Got three guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. We've got a dog, a pug named Mavis. Amazing. And we've got a cat named Honeycomb, and yesterday my wife informed me that we are getting fish in two weeks' time. <laughs> so she is on a mission to turn us into a petting zoo. Yeah. I want it to be a heavy petting zoo. Good. <laughs> Good. Come on, kids. That's Come surely a, just a smile. That's all we need. Oh. Um, I... Uh, I I worry that you know you are you're bedding down for the apocalypse. You're filling yourself with animals, getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It's, uh, and in Peru, they they solved their um, starvation crisis, didn't they, with guinea pigs, guinea pig farms? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So Peru had serious malnutrition uh, issues, and they needed um, a cheap protein source. Oh. And guinea pigs filled that gap. Is that right? Yeah, because it's cheaper to farm and raise guinea pigs than it is to for chickens and stuff. Well, they're very cheap. They only cost a guinea, so it's yeah. You know, it's, come on, yes, yeah. A Come little on. smile. A this little is what smile. people are tuned in yeah, for. Yeah, that's why we get the five heavy star reviews. Pet- mm-hmm. Heavy petting <laughs> and animal forward slash bloody currency jokes. And look, look at this, right? As we come towards the end of my main bought toaster with the fabulous Jared Christmas, look what's happened here. The the dream that you're um you know, you're gonna have your own giraffe toilet one day. Uh, maybe you will put this in it because delivered on Saturday, a cube ceramic toilet brush and holder. It's nice. It's not as nice as a giraffe to put your bog roll on. No, it's not, but it is very nice because we have finally got our downstairs toilet back. We removed it uh, uh, just before lockdown um, because we wanted to move it to another position in the house. Lockdown happened. So through all of lockdown, mate, this has been brutal. I've been having to go upstairs to use use the toilet what? to wee. Are you kidding? Yeah, you know what's annoying when you're when you're doing something on the laptop or you're watching yeah. TV yeah. and you just need one of those really tiny man wees. Yeah, just a quickie, you know? a little over forties wee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've had two cups of tea that day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just gotta empty the ballast a little bit. Yeah. Oh, just all but the way know, upstairs. You know what? Going up those stairs, you'll be as fit as the boy that played touch rugby. It's all you've got to do. Just Mate, keep thank doing you. it. Keep thank you. Just keep going up those stairs. Yes. That's life, isn't it? You're gonna get, keep climbing. You're going to get a touch rugby bod. That's what you're going to get yeah. eventually, from yeah. dad bod to touch rugby bod. Um, oh. Jared Christmas, I always love talking to you. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming well, on. thank you for having oh, me. Well, you're such a star. You're so brilliant. And, oh, um, stop it. People have got to get and get out and see you when the stand-up uh, circuit is back on its, on its feet. Well... It's funny you say that, Thomas. Yes, please, come um, on. Because I have a stand-up special out there in the Ethernet. Um, it's on Vimeo. So if you look up uh, Jared Christmas Vimeo, um, it's on there, £3.99. That's nothing, is it? That's a bargain. That's half the price people pay to listen to this. So that is <laughs> absolutely perfect. Jared yeah, is brilliant. I, I cannot recommend it enough. And um, Jared, good luck. Good luck with the rest of lockdown. And you're, gig- you're even gigging tonight. So life is starting to come back to some sort of normality. Slightly, slightly coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where can people nice. find you, please? On uh, your on Twitters and all that business? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Jared Christmas, Instagram at Jared Christmas Comedian. Um, and, you know, I've got a Facebook page, Jared Christmas. There you go. Got all of that stuff. I'm not shit hot on the socials, I'll be honest with you. Well, listen, you're going to see a big spike. Be ready, right? This is going <laughs> to drop on a Wednesday morning. You're going to be there over your wow. over your third cup of tea. As you walk yeah. up the stairs for your wee, you'll be like, oh my God, I've picked up a follower. And, and yes. it's going to be quite the, quite the rush. And I hope, hopefully, it's a fan of giraffe toilet roll holders. <laughs> Listen, apart from your wife, we're all fans of giraffe toilet roll. I know. I can't understand why she doesn't like it. (laughs) So good. Uh, Jerry Christmas, I love you. Thanks for coming. All the best. Bye. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Bye-bye. The wonderful Jared Christmas. He's such a funny, funny man. Honestly, I did a gig at the Comedy Store, one of my last gigs before I stopped doing stand-up, and Jared um, was on with some serious heavyweights of stand-up who were doing it. And he was he was rinsing it. He was the best on by far. It was quite something. It was really, really quite something. He's brilliant. So go and see him live if you get the chance. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more My Mate Bought a Toast. See you then. I want 
I'm Hannah Norris, and this is my husband, Carl Donnelly. And we have a new podcast for you. It's called the Keith Cheggers Podcast, and it's about pregnancy because that is what's happening in our lives right now. And inside your belly. Yeah. So we are recording weekly episodes throughout the course of my pregnancy, talking to each other and interesting and funny guests that we have on about their experiences with the pregnancy. So we can work out a bit more about what the hell is happening and what is coming up for us. So tune in, subscribe and have a listen to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Bye. Bye. GreatBigOwl.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.